So this morning we're going to continue in Romans 3. I feel like we've been here for a while. We have been here for a while. But this is, uh, I've kind of entitled it, The Radical Plan of God, Part 2. Um, and so some ways getting into it this morning, um, it's going to sound similar to last week. That's intentional. Uh, we're still kind of in the same thought process that Paul has been in. And we're looking at God's righteousness. And we're talking about how God makes wrong people right. So when we're talking about righteousness, that's what we're seeing. We can't be right on our own. We need his righteousness. And so we've been looking at that. And at the same time, we're seeing why the gospel is good news for everyone everywhere. That's kind of the theme of this whole uh, sermon series. Last week, what we saw was I don't have to become righteous enough for God to make me righteous. We saw that he declares me righteous even when I'm sinful because of my faith. We're going to talk about faith a little bit more today, but faith isn't having it all figured out. It's seeing God clearly. So as we kind of finish chapter 3, let me remind us that nothing, we, we opened this up last week, nothing compares to the plan of God he's, in, he's enacted in Christ. So as I was thinking about it this week, I was thinking about this plan of God and how it's like no other plan that ever, has ever existed. We talked about that last week. And, and, and for something to stand out, it really needs to be special, unique, or even in this sense, I'm using the idea, it's radical to us. It's beyond what we would think of, but as I started to think about it, and I like to use illustrations uh, around food fairly often, if you know me, uh, you're like, man, this guy likes to eat, but I was thinking about a good steak, and there's a type of steak that really stands out. I don't know if you've heard of Japanese Kobe beef. Now, that's a little bit, that's touchy in Montana if you're going to talk about Japanese beef and not Montana beef, right? But it's that Japanese Kobe beef. I kind of researched it this week and what really makes it stand out. When it comes to Japanese Kobe beef, they're meticulous about the whole process. From the minute they're born and the way they're raising these, these cows to, to turn into steaks, they're meticulous. The way they're fed, the way they're bred, the way they're raised, everything is meticulous. Everything, once it's butchered to make the cut, so to say, it, goes, it undergoes a strict grading process. Now get this, in the whole world, there's only about 3,000 Kobe beef cows a year. And you're like, wow, 3,000, that's, that's a pretty good herd. But there's 990 million cows in the world. So out of 990 million cattle, only 3,000 make the cut to be Kobe beef. I've heard that if you've ever had it, I can't afford it and it's hard to get real Kobe beef around here. I heard if you've had it, it's the best tasting beef in the world. Here's the thing with Kobe beef. It stands out. It's almost radical to get it to the point that it's actually Kobe beef. And the attention to the detail is bar none. Now here's my point in this. It takes something special. Again, it takes something radical to stick out from the rest. And in some ways, Kobe beef is, I mean, there's still 3,000 cows that you could get a Kobe beef steak from. That's a lot of options. But when it comes to the gospel, the way that God did it is the only way. There's only one way. So that's what we're looking at. How that, the, the plan of the gospel is radically different. 
The gospel leaves every other religious or even moral effort behind. So we're looking at this idea of just why, again, only the gospel can save you. So as we continue in chapter 3, uh, for me, I, I, I kind of struggled with articulating this. I believe that the gospel is the only way. I've always believed that since I was a believer. I've never technically questioned that, but I had a hard time articulating that. How do you explain to someone that doesn't follow Jesus how Jesus is the only way? If you spend any time in our world, you're going to hear that there's a hundred other ways that people think are just as good. That Jesus is one among many. In fact, there's a lot of religions that lump him together with the other ways. Or the idea is that Jesus was a good moral teacher, and so we need to be good moral people. But this idea that Paul is unpacking is the only way. But I struggled with it for a, way, for a while. I claimed it. I believed it. But it was still hard to articulate this until I studied Romans 3, 25 and 26. So that's where we're going to be this morning. We're going to look at a good chunk here. And it will maybe help you understand why this idea of the gospel leaves all other religions behind. So just a theme to kind of center us this morning. The plan of salvation is so seamlessly perfect that it would be absurd to follow anything else. It's so perfectly put together that we couldn't come up with it. We couldn't make this kind of plan. Only God can do it, and it would be crazy to try to add it to anything else or try to follow anything else besides this gospel. So this morning, I want to, again, make three more claims about God's righteousness from this third chapter of Romans. Three more ideas about God's righteousness that's displayed in Christ Jesus. So we'll take a little bit of a step back. Let's start by looking at verse 23. This is the summary statement of where Paul has taken us so far in the book of Romans. But starting in verse 23, again, you may have heard this or have it memorized. In verse 23, Paul says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Again, he's just spent three chapters telling us that. All of us. None of us miss this. And now on to verse 24. 